Yeah. Ackman. Oh, hey, Karate Kid. The Hillary Swank version. Hi. How are you? Welcome to the next four Karate Kid Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the next Karate Kid four militaristic minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us today from Rocky Horror Minute is Leandro. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you are too. I'm, I'm happy we have a whole season of female guests to talk Hillary Swank, Julie Pierce, next Karate Kid, uh, rather than two dudes. Uh, talking about a teenage girl for episode upon episode, so I appreciate it. Thank you. It's nice to soften the soften the uh, the share a little bit. It's <laughs> yes. good. Lighten the load. Yeah. Lighten the load. Yes. So you are doing most of the work. Thank you. Okay, I'm throwing my notes away. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> Take it away. No, uh, Leandra, what is your history with the uh, the next Karate Kid? Have you seen? Uh, did you see it? That kind of thing. I I watched it a lot as a kid growing up. It was like quintessential blockbuster VHS fodder for me. I'd like go and watch and go like, yeah, we're going to rent it again. It's going to be fantastic. Wow. And then uh, I I didn't really think about it further, like once I grew up. Uh, And then kind of related to this, when I was in high school, I had a friend who had graduated like the year ahead of me come back into town and we were... We were looking for something fun to do to hang out, and we went to our local movie theater, and we saw that there was a Hillary Swank movie with Clint Eastwood, and it was about boxing, and we were like, Million Dollar Baby? That's got to be like like Karate Kid. That's going to be so fun. We're, we have to watch it. This is going to be the best thing that we do just as uh, as friends, sitting and watching a movie about people becoming buddies over a violent sport. And it right. was not like that, not even a little bit. And uh, and I was very offended that Million Dollar Baby wasn't just an extension of the Karate Kid universe. It really oh, should. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's that's your history with this movie. But what about the series in general? The series in general, honestly, this is the Karate Kid movie that I've watched the most. And I'm not saying that it's my favorite one, but it is the one that, as a kid, I was just like, yep, this is it. This is the one. Hmm. I'm just going to keep watching it. Was it because it was a, a female protagonist like that you kind of drew a little closer to it? Or was it maybe this 90s tone, that kind of thing? <laughs> it was a mix of the 90s tone and the fact that Hilary Swank had a hawk. And I thought the hawk was really cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I had Matt. a bird growing up. And I was like, this is so cool. Oh, you did? Yeah. What kind of bird? It was a cockatiel, which is not nearly as cool as having a hawk. But <laughs> oh, I can people tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Is a, a hawk is like a bird of prey. A cockatiel is a bird of what? <laughs> of obnoxiousness. <laughs> of irritation. <laughs> Um, Matt, th- this is actually our first uh, foray into the next Karate Kid, so I suppose I should ask you next, what is your history with the next Karate Kid, so everybody knows? <laughs> you know, I don't remember. It's just always <laughs> existed around me, uh, and I can't remember the first time I saw it, if we rented it or if it was just on TV, but it, 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 it was on TV quite a bit, <laughs> and I don't know if I ever actually rented it. 
I bet we did. I bet we did when I was real little. Uh, right. We, we had a lot of family movie nights where we would rent rent a film that's appropriate for all, all ages. So I'm going to guess that I watched it on rental first, and then a decade later, it just started playing endlessly in a loop on TV. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was always available whenever I wanted it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, kind of uh, a bit different. I mean, I definitely have a lot of distance from this movie. I, I probably saw it a couple times and, you know, maybe like a Karate Kid re- franchise rewatch. Like part three, I, you know, barely got to. And then in next Karate Kid, maybe like once and wish, you know, just, I don't know. I like, I like the first two the best, obviously. I say that over and over again on this show. Um, but I'm really looking forward to uh, breaking it down and figuring out, uh, you know, part three is known for being a little over the top, a little silly, but we found a lot of heart in it. And I'm, I'm hoping we could do the same thing with uh, next Karate Kid. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm psyched. All right. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, today we're talking about minutes zero through four of the next Karate Kid. They begin with the Columbia Pictures logo, as always, uh, and end outside a huge townhouse in Boston. Okay. So uh, the way I've kind of framed my notes, we got a little. I got a little lead up time because I got some. I have all this trivia I've I found about the movie um, that a lot of it is kind of set up. So. Uh, yeah, we're starting a new Karate Kid new movie, but this time it's not starring Ralph Macho. Just like, what? Uh, so I, I have a quote from Ralph, and he says, "It wasn't like they came to me and I said, oh no, I'll never do another one of these.' None of that happened. I think it was probably a decision by the studio and producer at this point. Hey, let's take this in in this direction. Let's find another way to go. So mm-hmm. he's saying he didn't like, you know, it, we always heard like in Karate Kid three, he wasn't really enjoying his time and was looking to." let Daniel LaRusso go. And now it's, uh, now his story is like, well, I, I would have, if, uh, <laughs> if they asked me, but mm-hmm. so must've been really weird to have a, you know, star in like three big movies or two and a half big movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, shouldn't have, shouldn't have kept, uh, aging if you wanted to continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't be a kid in the karate kid. If you're not a kid, <laughs> the karate young adult. Yeah, and then right. the karate adult, and then yeah. karate middle aged man. That's me right now. Uh, I'm definitely a karate middle aged man. Um, <laughs> karate midlife crisis on a podcast about karate kid. Okay, uh, well, uh, let's see. Let me ch- check the credits. Is there? A, uh, can we get John Avildsen? John Avildsen. Uh, did he direct next karate kid? No, he was originally slated to direct it, but dropped out in order to make eight seconds, uh, starring Luke Perry. Don't know it. Don't know that he's a he. It's basically like a true story of a. Uh, it's like a Bronco guy, bull, not a bullfighter, Bronco rider. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, but so replacing uh, Avelson, J- Jerry Weintraub hired the director of Young Guns and Pure Country. His name is Christopher Kane. Uh, if the last name sounds familiar, yes, he is the stepfather of former Superman, present nut job Dean Kane. Oh wow! <laughs> but, uh, I'm just keeping my political opinions out of this. Uh, but that's I mean that's a, that's a that's a fact. It's not a political. Opinion. A fact. Yeah, that, that's not that's not a take. <laughs> and Christopher Kane could be like, listen, he's not my real son, <laughs> so we won't hold that against him. He crashed in our our field. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he came from another planet. 
Uh, all right. Well, we've got to look up our list of regulars here. Okay. So was it at least written by Robert Mark Kamen? And no, this is the first Karate Kid movie not to be written by Robert Mark Kamen. What are his time- yeah, he says uh, in a 2012 interview with Mandatory, he says, I had had it by then. I wanted to do the third one with a girl and get rid of Daniel, but they didn't want to do that. Enough already. I was so tired of the Karate Kid. Hmm. <laughs> uh, that was 2012. Uh, replacing Kamen, uh, writer Mark Lee was hired. He has two other credits on IMDb, and they both appear to be either like a straight-to-TV, straight-to-DVD or a TV movie. Huh. So Mark Lee is the one who wrote this script with dialogue, uh, like, uh, like <laughs> showcased in these minutes. I just, I don't know. I'm shocked <laughs> that he didn't make it as one of the, one of those household names. I know. <laughs> uh, early titles for this movie were young Americans and kids in America. What? I, I don't know. That's you mean just like, they, they're, they're like the shooting titles, like the secret title? I don't, maybe, or maybe it was like the Karate Kid, Young Americans, or Karate Kid, Kids in America. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to assume it was, uh, the working titles or the secret titles, kind of like the Blue Harvest for Return of the Jedi. All right. All right. Could be, could be. Uh, it was not yet next Karate Kid everywhere. In Japan, the Karate Kid movies were called Best Kid 1, 2, and 3. And this one's yeah. just called Best Kid 4. <laughs> uh, however, they did. Want to make sure everybody knows that a girl is starring this movie in France. In France, the movie is called Miss Karate Kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here she is, <laughs> Miss Karate Kid. I have a couple of taglines here. The first one is, who says the good guy has to be a guy? <laughs> uh, are these like international taglines or these like... I don't They're just listed on IMDb. The uh, other one listed was, it's ancient wisdom against teenage spunk. A thousand years of karate tradition is about to get a kick in the pants. Wow. I'm happy they didn't go, a thousand years of karate tradition is about to get a makeover. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, girls. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be beyond them. So they did, of course, get Pat Morita. Uh, this is why many in the fan community consider this movie canon. No matter if it's missing Cayman, Avildsen, Machio, it is another movie with Mr. Miyagi. Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi. I disagree. It's the wrong Mr. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> oh, you are going to fly that theory. I heard this theory before. They changed his first name in this, didn't they? They changed his first name. So he's obviously a clone or what? <laughs> this is a multiverse movie. <laughs> I haven't heard about this at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, I'll get into his name when it comes up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they'd also got Bill Conti. He actually did another score for this movie. Crazy enough. Uh, filming was June 26th to August 21st, 1993. Released on September 9th of 1994. Ten years after the first Karate Kid. Uh, but I have no idea when this movie takes place in. Because as we've tried to establish a timeline... There's one year between Karate Kid 1 and Karate Kid 3, and now we're in the 90s, I guess. Uh, Yeah. It opened at number seven uh, at the box office underneath Forrest Gump, Natural Born Killers, Clear and Present Danger, Trial by Jury, The Mask, and Milk Money. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard of most of those. (laughs) Yeah. I I had to look up Trial by Jury, but uh, I guess it was a Joanne Wally... Kilmer vehicle. I don't know. Uh, the total box office gross, $8.9 million. 
It was, of course, compared to the $90.8 million for the original, $115.1 million for Part 2, and $38.9 for Part 3. It couldn't even get... Uh, it was it was $30 million less than Part 3. So, yeah, needless to say, they weren't interested in making another one. Okay, so we start off these minutes, and whoa, crazy enough, no flashbacks. We usually spend some time talking about flashbacks. And now, for the first time, just like... Uh, yeah, the Rocky series does it too. John Appleton did that. Um, so uh, you can actually watch this movie fresh. I mean, it, that's the first question I have for you guys. Like, should there have been any flashbacks to kind of show who Mr. Miyagi is to any like new viewers coming in? I don't think it was necessary. Nah, I, I really do think that this is this is almost a standalone. Like, I, as a little kid, I was. I felt that this was fine without the rest of it. So mm-hmm. as an adult, I feel that way too. Do you feel it's standalone? Like uh, Matt's proposing the almost like this is the Sony Spider-Man universe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that it lives within the universe, but it, uh, it lives a little bit down the road from the rest of it. <laughs> it lives all the way across the country on the East coast this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do you guys think uh, they were trying to reboot this franchise at all? Or? It seemed I, like it, yeah. yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. if it was successful, I'm sure they would have done more with, with Hillary Swank. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they, they, gave, uh, they gave it a really good opportunity to, to become something that empowered uh, young girls everywhere to, to get hawks and <laughs> kick people. But... You could be Miss Karate Kid, too. <laughs> But it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we are on a green hill occupied by cannons and uniformed military men. Like, this is a very different place than when we usually start Karate Kid. Uh, there's a U.S. Army band playing. Um, and, to, it, like, this opening, I'm just like, am I watching, like, Stripes? <laughs> or Police Academy or something like that? Like, even the font is military. It's not the usual font they have it's like it looks like the kind you'd stamp on the side of a crate or something um a a little bit of a goof if you look carefully at some of the big tubas you can actually see a stage light and some crew kind of reflected upside down oh nice (laughs) uh but we are in i'm 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 assuming that the location is the same in the film as in um the life the real life yeah this is in Arlington, Virginia. This is Fort Myer. It's, it's right next to, obviously, the Arlington National Cemetery is there. So you kind of see those gravestones, those famous rows and rows of gravestones. Uh, some background material because, you know, it is a minute by minute by minute by minute podcast, right? <laughs> Four minutes. <laughs> uh, it's been, Fort Myer has been there since 1861. Uh, the National Weather Service was created there in 1870. Uh, in 1908, this is the site of the first flight of an aircraft at a military installation. Orville Wright uh, showed up and uh, did, did some flights. Uh, in fact, it was also the, the site of the first aviation fatality. Uh, Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge was killed during a demonstration flight with Orville Wright. Well, did <laughs> so, they buzz the tower? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they did that, yeah. Uh, it was made a national landmark in 1972, and in 2005, it's now called the Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall. <laughs> Seems a little bit... <laughs> yeah, why not just call it Fort Meyer? I don't know. JBHH. 
Yeah. All right. So moving on from all that trivia, uh, a town car pulls up and a soldier opens the door and out steps Mr. Miyagi. What? What? <laughs> and he's got his, his, his medal of honor around his neck. That's new. He doesn't like to really display that at all. Uh, yeah. Did so, somebody make him? They're like, if you, if you're going to show up, you better wear that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Miyagi walks through the crowd. We see many Japanese Americans his age, and we see photos of all of them as younger men. And we see Miyagi in one. And uh, it was such a we... different time when, like, we had so many World War II vets like still around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. This is uh, twenty-eight years ago, right? Mm. <laughs> Ninety-four. Um, and uh, we then see uh, Louisa Pierce for the first time. She's uh, walking up to that photograph. She's touching the photo. And we kind of figure out that you know she's got some sort of a um, connection to. Uh, somebody in the, you know, Mr. Miyagi, maybe, or the person next to him. And that person next to him, what we learn later, is is, is her late husband, Jack. And uh, we see Louisa and Miyagi greet each other warmly. What's the story behind, behind this photo? Did you find out? <laughs> you know, this is, you're going to be asking me this a lot. I'm going to be like going, no idea. Because no. seriously, it's not documented it, well. It's no next karate kid. Like there's barely any behind the scenes stuff that I can find karate kid man at gmail.com. If you're holding on to those archives or something, something, you know, the script, uh, any sort of, uh, trivia. That's not just wildly, you know, I've, I Googled several pages deep. That's the best I can do. Is, is that a picture of young Pat Morita? It looks like it him. sure looks like it. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if that's like a photograph that he donated and it's not Photoshopped or something. And yeah. It's actually kinda, like from the war and it's just some guy <laughs> like her friend, like a friend of his or something. That, yeah. You know. A real life friend. Yeah. Be, be uh, interesting to know. Yeah. I'd love Probably to be lost to time. <laughs> I know. It's so strange how things from 10 years before this movie were made, was made. It was, you know, I've got storyboards and <laughs> behind the scenes, like a whole behind the scenes video. And yet, yeah, mm-hmm. there wasn't somebody being like, I have to keep track of this <laughs> major event, the next Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a little trivia on the lady who plays Louisa. Um, Constance Towers is her name. Uh, she wanted to be an opera singer when she first studied at Juilliard. Uh, she spent the 50s starring in movies with John Wayne, Jeff- Jeffrey Hunter, and others. Uh, then in the 60s, she got into musical theater. Uh, starring on Broadway and Carousel, The Sound of Music, The King and I, others, um, and she spent she she has spent the last twenty five years playing Helena Cassidine on General Hospital. Uh, so she's a soap opera lady, uh, much like Sean Keenan. Turned it, well, he's not a soap he's a soap opera guy. Uh, she also played Gwyneth Paltrow's mom in A Perfect Murder. Uh, and speaking of Alfred Hitchcock remakes. Uh, she was also married to John Gavin, who played Sam Loomis in the original Psycho. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it checks out with her. Yeah. 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 Um, she looks it. <laughs> Just like all of what you said. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she that looks like checks. a classy lady that's on a you know, Helena Cassidine. And she could look like, she looks like somebody could play Gwyneth Paltrow's mom. <laughs> Uh, so a senator steps up to the mic and makes a long uh, speech about, you know, and I like how this kind of pays back, you know, we that line line of like just remembering that Miyagi 
uh, not only served in the war, but he also, you know, had to deal with internment camps and uh, had some horrible tragedies uh, affect his life in those internment camps. So I like how this speech kind of reminds us of, uh, you know, the, the work they did in the war and um, how they became the, the, the 442nd was the literally most directed army unit in World War II. And uh, yeah, um, he's talking about how the president honored them with a special unit citation, uh, much like I think it was President Clinton that uh, uh, they didn't get medals of honors for medals of honor for did he say at that time sorry about all the internment camps or did that come down <laughs> that might have been yeah. a different speech yeah they cut that part for time yeah. <laughs> so i there is some background on this senator i actually brought this man's name up in our first discussion of the 442nd because this is uh senator daniel inuwe inuye um i'm sorry if i got the name inuwe inuwe I-N-O-U-Y-E. He is a real senator. At least he was. He's not alive anymore. But uh, he was Hawaii senator from 1963 to 2012 when he passed away. He actually witnessed Pearl Harbor (laughs) Um, and like had to work in like, I think it was like a Red Cross and things like that, you know, while while that was going on. Um, So, yeah, he was a part of the real 442nd. He got sh- uh, here. Here we go. <laughs> I've got like a nice uh, war story for you guys. Um, uh, got shot in the chest, only to be saved when the bullet hit two silver dollars. Um, and he also got the Medal of Honor. And this is for this is exactly what he got it for. Okay, during a battle in Italy, he was flanking some German gun nests. He was kind of going to decide how many people. I, I learned flanking yeah. from video games. <laughs> He was sneaking up on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So he's trying to flank German gun nests and then got shot in the stomach. He kept going and he took out two uh, gun nests. He was about to throw a grenade into a bunker when a rifle grenade hit his arm, amputating most of it at the elbow. So he's looking down and he looks and he sees on the ground next to him his hand holding a live grenade that he hadn't thrown yet. Oh no! Oh, and so he's like super messed up, and he's looking at his severed army, and the German inside the bunker is like scrambling to reload as the story goes, and so he grabs the grenade from his arm with his other hand, and then tosses it in the bunker, kills it, kills the German. Wow! And then after that, he gets shot in the leg, and his fellow soldiers had to like carry him away while allegedly he was shouting, "No one called off the war!" So. <laughs> It just had to drag him missing a limb already. Wow. And if you notice him in the scene, yeah, he's, he's, he's one armed and he can, it's not the, um, it's his, uh, right side. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Jesus, pretty, pretty gruesome story. Um, okay. My next note on this is like, I just love that Miyagi is called in the speech, a legendary soldier in a regiment of heroes. You know, it's like something is, I don't think he Miyagi himself would ever admit to is like, yeah, yeah. I survived. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. 
That's Fuck actually up. my favorite quote from this entire kind of block of four minutes. Yeah. Um, the uh, They really nailed it home that not only is Mr. Miyagi just a really cool person, and if, you, if you've if you watched the other movies, then, then you already know that, but they're really going, uh, this guy and the... the the, the deceased husband of the person that he's next to. These are the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Like true so they're setting heroes, up yeah. greatness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever found out what exactly he got his Medal of Honor for. You yeah. Know, if you, yeah. Miyagi prequel. Yes. That Netflix series. We got to find out all about it. Yeah. Uh, I like the one shot of Miyagi with uh, dude's wife, and then dude's wife. wife. <laughs> I can't remember her name. <laughs> can't remember uh, it's it's name Louisa. 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 Uh, and then we talked about Louise from Teen Witch uh, just last week, <laughs> or <laughs> sorry, a few weeks ago when this comes out. And then uh, to the left of them, they have one, two, three, four, five, six Japanese guys wearing like very similar glasses. <laughs> they look like clones. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi is the only one who didn't lose his eyesight. Right. Well, uh, you mean out of the clones? Because you, you know. <laughs> but then my next note is to talk about his name here is addressed Kisuke. Um, That's wrong. Kisuke means save or help someone in Japanese. Uh, so to review the, the legacy of his name in these movies, no first name in the original is mentioned, but if you read the dog tags on Daniel's keys, they read Hideo Miyagi. Um, and. Uh, it could be uh, – I don't think I mentioned this before. I found this when I was just researching it. Uh, Hideo was actually Pat Morita's older brother. So it might be a little dedication to him, a little, a little Easter egg for his brother. Um, in part two, Chosen holds up a sign. When translated, it's at, looking for Nar- Nariyoshi Miyagi. And, of course, Nariyoshi is carried over to Cobra Kai when it's on the, the gravestone. Um now, Robert Mark came in uh, in several interviews, including one he was on for uh, Cobra Kai Companion, uh, talking about the musical. He's he, In his eyes, Miyagi's first name is Chojin, just like he, the founder of Okinawan Karate, um, Goju Ryu. Um, he is Chojin Miyagi. Um, so <laughs> I just like Mr. as his first name. <laughs> it's too confusing. <laughs> And I think that you can kind of hand wave uh, this all aside and go, okay, well, obviously the person delivering this speech doesn't know Mr. Miyagi directly. What if, uh, what if somebody wrote uh, wrote out the copy wrong and he's going, oh, okay, I don't know, I don't know any better. <laughs> That's right. Well, we could have a great uh, we could have a great cameo by Daniel Larusso right here, like running up to the mic and going, it's it's Mr. Miyagi <laughs> or it's Nariyoshi Miyagi. <laughs> yeah, that's not actually. Th- no, that's not his name. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you got that. That's, Kitsuke. that's wrong. Kitsuke? No. No, no, no. And uh, yeah, after the senator's dedication, the cannons start firing in salute. I don't know if you folks have anything else you want to say about this before we move on. Uh, the cannons fire. What are they firing? Are they like, or is anything coming out of that cannon? Yeah, I saw like and a circus land? strongman <laughs> being blown out. No. But. And also, like, they fire cannons and then they immediately cut to a wide shot of the cemetery. I'm like, are they going to blow up those <laughs> those headstones? Yeah, I don't know. That's, I assume they're blanks or something? Or it's just more so, firing 
even, blanks, even blanks is usually something comes out, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I I grew up right outside of DC. I've gone to Arlington Cemetery oh, and okay. seen a couple of things like this. Generally, the the gun salutes, um, but I've seen the cannon the feature before also. And I think it's just uh, it's just flash. It's not even a blank. Uh, it's just a cartridge for for boom. Okay, but. Um, I, I honestly hadn't thought about it before. I was just like, okay, well, that's just a thing because I'm, I don't really interact with the world around me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, this kind of fades as we hear a familiar pan flute, uh, as the scene kind of transitions to an overhead shot and it says Boston. And, uh, these aren't, mil- this isn't military font. Now it is your, Soft Karate Kid font. I don't. Know. I don't know what it's called. It's like Ariel or something. Um, it's not Comic Sans. It's not Comic Sans. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to think of the one they used for Avatar. Uh, never mind. I can't remember. Then we see a car pull into a driveway as the as the segment ends. Yeah. So I don't have any cannons to send us off with, but you know, hey, we got started. How about a nice light golf clap? But good job hey. for us. Next karate kid. (laughs) Two snaps to the left. All right. (laughs) And this has been men and woman on film. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Glad to be here. (laughs) You want to come back on uh, Wednesday for four more next karate kid minutes. Gosh, I think I'm free. Yeah. (sighs) So the the farther we get along in these movies, the, the the more, more of a mouthful I have to spit out in these uh, introductions and, uh, as we go, we go out, but, uh, uh, Leandra, we do need to hear, let everybody know where people can hear your voice as well. Besides here. Uh, <laughs> right. The, the easiest way to find out more about my podcast is go to Rocky dot com. I got to know favorite Rocky horror picture show song. Go. <laughs> oh, uh, science fiction, double feature, but ask me Ooh. some other time and it'll be a different answer. <laughs> right. Uh, Matt's favorite Karate Kid song is the Little River Band song. No. And uh, uh, so, anyway, uh, thanks, thanks for joining us this week. But we'll see y'all on Wednesday. And until next time, these men were legendary soldiers in a regiment of heroes. Oh.